Podcast ain't played nobody, Bill. We've got a special holiday gift. It's just another podcast, but you should feel grateful. <laughs> um, not you, Bill. I mean, you can feel grateful if you want to. That's fine. But oh, I always we, feel grateful for talking to you. We just so we decided before we went on the air, we were trying to divvy up the holiday schedule, and so here's what we're gonna do. We're we're gonna record this podcast, which is you're listening to, so you know it's been recorded. Um, then. We are going to do the bonus holiday podcast for those of you who are um, commuting across this uh, uh, wonderful country, like say on Friday-ish, right? Um, And then we'll be back, I think, tentatively on the 28th to wrap up the Bulls going into the two playoff semis. Does that sound straight? Sounds good to me. I really didn't know other like another way to do it. (laughs) You're, You're home for the holidays. I am obviously not, so... Um, this way we'll, we'll try and keep like, I would say most of the, um, say like most of the, the loose bowl schedule that we've got going. Um, but we've had enough, um, troubles today with recording software stuff. I'm just so scared. I just want to jump right into it. We solicited questions earlier in the day and then immediately I lost my internet. You had to restart Uh, a bunch of things happened and now we're trying to get in the afternoon because this is, uh, this is our life. So to recap, (laughs) <laughs> I was totally right about FAU. I didn't watch a single stitch of it. The only thing I saw last night, I was pulling up um, our work slack, and I saw a headline go across that Lane Kiffin went for t- went for two, up 31. And I thought, that's all I really need to know about this game. That was it. That's the whole game. Yeah. Um, I wrote a piece this morning before all the recruiting stuff popped up, um, basically saying like Lane Kiffin has pulled off an incredible trick. He has made himself a massive redemption story and he's made himself extremely popular without changing who he is even slightly. He is the same guy that everybody hated at all the spots that he left, but everybody loves him now. And it's, it, I mean, when you go 11 and three, that tends to happen, but it's not just the 11 wins. It really, mm-hmm. it's, it's been f- a fascinating year to watch, to just observe Lane Kiffin. Um, pretty much exactly what everyone thought happened last night. Um, he's going to sit tight. He'll be at FAU next year. Um, I, I, I don't really think his win total matters at all next year, as long as they're above 500. Right. Um, I couldn't tell you the FAU roster enough to know that if they're going to lose a lot. Everybody's back. Almost literally everybody's back. So now you're looking at a potential G5, like, you know, yes. uh, uh, partner bowl play in Canada. I don't even know what the damn terminology is on that. But I guess it doesn't matter. He's going to, I mean, he was close to getting jobs this year. He's going to get a bigger job next year. Um, I hope that it's just buyout. weird that like I want everyone to stop talking about him because he's doing stuff that, that is sort of refreshing in a scoundrel sort of way. <laughs> but if we keep harping on it, the next person that hires him at the big job, that's just not going to fly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's the other part of him not really changing. Um, it, it's really hard to make, it's really hard to make a ba- to come up with a balanced take on him because I mean we've seen some features recently from other publications that really kind of ignore a lot of stuff they maybe shouldn't ignore. But technically, he it's not exact. It's not like he's running a renegade program uh, down there. Yeah, I mean yet anyway. And so basically everything we're worried about, uh, you know, from yeah, I give that time. I give that time, Bill. Right, like any, everything we're talking about, like from a a. a character standpoint and all this it's all kind of theoretical like we're just waiting 
Um, but it hasn't happened yet. So all, all that's happened in the last year is he took over a program that was bad. Uh, he had a team that was bad the first month of the year, and then suddenly they were phenomenal. And, and they've been right. one of the best teams in the country since, since they returned from losing to Buffalo uh, towards the end of September after dealing with Hurricane Irma and spending some time in Wisconsin and all that. Uh, since they returned from that trip to Buffalo, they have been one of the 15 best teams in the country, uh, any level. And... Um, you know, until the other character stuff comes up, that's the story. And it, it's a, uh, it's a hell of a story. If anything, it's a gift that he didn't get a, a, a P five job this year, because yeah, let him, let him stay there for another year. They're not going to restrict anything he does. No. So we get the full unfettered, unfiltered lane. Right. Um, and then secondly, I think it's, it's enough time for him to develop the character even further. It's like I'm workshopping a uh, <laughs> script here, but it's true. By the way, I have uh, two cough drops in. I've been deathly ill this week, so that's why a swollen throat. So if I sound weird, it's either the bad bad podcast audio or it's me asphyxiating. One or the it's other. All him. It's all him. Um, I had one. There was an. I'm trying to remember who I talked to. I had an athletic director in the cycle say, "It's great that everybody thinks he's funny now." But the first thing a lot of people are still looking at are the not just the quick stints at places, but also mm-hmm. the aftermath. Right. I think USC is unfair. Yeah. Because people people seem to have forgotten what happened at USC before Lane got the job, scholarship restrictions. Um, I was about to say lack of institutional control. I don't mean that on the actual charge. I just mean like internal culture. He had to do a lot that didn't really rectify until after he was gone. Right. Um, I think that the Tennessee knock is still fair and still hurts him in SEC circles. It really does. I, which is funny that. because which is weird is like if Willie Taggart got fired in three years, do you think that would hurt? Do you think the Oregon thing would hurt him? Right, I don't think it would. Well, and, I mean, the other part of it is just that like Tennessee fans wanted it back this year. <laughs> At least a poor, uh, you know, a chunk of Tennessee fans were like, "Yeah, no, hey, break, come back, just save us." Um which just made the whole thing a little weirder and funnier. But oh, see, yeah, I'm starting to understand that the Tennessee situation means that we're never going to be able to make normal comparisons again because it's such an outlier incident. Yeah. It was so extraordinary and weird that we're just going to have to put in, like, the, the 2017 Tennessee coaching search asterisk is going to loom large in pretty much every <laughs> like comparative analytics conversation or anecdote that we have for the next three years. And by the way, congrats to Michael Leach for signing a contract extension. Um, that had to be awkward. Uh, for any number of reasons, but everybody's decided that he should still get money and still be their coach, even though he uh, thought he was Tennessee's coach for a couple hours. Oh yeah, definitely was like yeah. Talk to people up there that everyone was that was that was a done deal. But that's you know when the guy who signs you to the job gets fired, it's not a done deal. <laughs> uh, Bill, yo, we got a lot of bulls to talk about. Yeah, um, we've got questions coming on the next bonus episode. All right. Um, we're going to go, we're going to go all the way from Gasparilla Ugh. to, we're going to hold, you want to do, we'll do the belt just for, just for the hell of it. Oh, so I thought, we'll I thought we were doing an entire belt podcast. Um, no. okay. Mm-hmm. We can do the belt. We no, do, no, we'll no. stop there. We're, we're not talking about, we're not going to talk about Wake Forest that much. All right, Bill. I'm just going to have to I delete all these, these damn notes then, but okay. I haven't looked at these, but we're going to go through. I'm kind of interested in the first one. 
Well, good. The old Gasparilla Bowl at the old Tropicana Field, St. Petersburg. The weird, um, like Super Nintendo graphics looking turf, um, at least how it reads (laughs) on television. December 21st, Temple, Florida International. Um, FIU's in a bowl. And no one knows because the state of Florida basically had one of its strangest years in college football history and also the entire Lane Kiffin segment <laughs> right. that we just did to open the show. Right. Yeah, he sucked all the oxygen out of the room. He, he, he distracted everybody from Butch Davis doing a pretty dang good job at FIU as well. Meanwhile, you've got Temple, who was terrible and then suddenly wasn't. Um yeah, what happened there? Because I, I spent some time at Temple in the spring. I watched their first three games, and I was like, well, yeah. I guess Jeff Collins is settling in for the longer rebuild. Yeah, no, they I mean, they got trounced by Notre Dame. They barely got by Villanova. Uh, they barely got by UMass. They got destroyed by USF. Uh, that was that, mm-hmm. It was 43-7, and it could have been 80 to nothing if, if USF didn't like keep committing penalties or whatever. Uh, but basically like somewhere in that little realm there, they started getting their act together. They barely, they, I mean, they still lost. They lost to Houston and UConn at home, but barely they, they trounced ECU as you're supposed to, but then down the stretch, I mean, they, they almost took down army and then they won three out of four, um, you know, beating Navy Cincy and Tulsa, which isn't amazing, but it's something. And then, I mean, they gave uh, UCF at least a little bit of a fight more than a lot of teams did anyway. So they, they really just kind of seem to figure themselves out. And not surprisingly, uh, most of that was on defense, which is exactly what you would expect from A, Temple, and B, Jeff Collins. Um, they, they really did kind of get a little nasty there with their uh, whatever. Oh, God, what were they doing on the sideline on third downs? Uh, the Money down. Money down, yes, 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 money down. Um, let's see. Did it work? Let's see. They, on third downs, they were, it was their worst down according to S and P plus. So it did not work, but regardless, they were good enough on first down that it didn't matter. Um, no, I mean, they just, they, yeah, they, they started to figure things out. They eked out a bowl bid. Good for them. They're still not amazing. They're still not where they were last year, but, uh, going to a bowl is better than not going to a bowl. It's really, it's actually bodes pretty well for Collins. If you think about it in the long term, because, people looked at Memphis and Mike Norvell and Justin Fuente and it was a much <clears throat> it was a much smoother transition with the talent mm-hmm. whereas there was a little bit of a not bottoming out but they lost a lot of guys coming back yep. and um you know Collins didn't want to do anything that was really wholesale different um than when Rule was there because they're really they're, if you don't know they're really close friends they're a story about it blah 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 um this is a this is enough of a, a season to where you show proof of concept as a first year head coach. You go to a bowl, and then if they jump up seven eight wins next year, and then and then hit that nine ten mark again, maybe in two or three years, people aren't going to look at Temple the way they're looking at Memphis right now. Which is every time they talk about Mike Norvell, I'm like, well, you know, I mean, it was Fuente's team, right? Which is not entirely true, by the way. Mike Norvell's a very good coach. Yep. Um, but th- this lets Colin sort of stand on his own, especially with the start that they had. Yeah, it definitely felt like a team starting from scratch. Yeah, and they—I uh, mean—they got a couple senior receivers. They might miss a little bit. Adonis Jennings is really good. Um, they got a couple senior defenders, especially in the uh, defensive backfield. They're going to have to replace, but their front seven should be solid. Their run game should improve. Uh, something to build on, at least. They—they they were all just—they yeah. were good, pretty good defensively. They were all just random big plays on offense, and and that doesn't really 
tend to sustain you very well, but they, um, they, they, they were a mess. Anybody who watched that USF game and then kind of forgot about them probably is going to be surprised to see them on TV, uh, tomorrow night. It's, it, this is not what, <laughs> what I expected when I watched that game. Meanwhile, FIU, so what do we what, uh, go ahead. I was gonna say, what do we say about FIU? Because our entire meme was that they're the ignored team. Right. And then I feel like, well, yeah, we yeah, just ignored you. Um, they were lucky as hell early. Uh, they, you know, barely beat their FCS opponent, barely beat rice, barely beat Charlotte, truly terrible wins. If you want to put it that way. Um, but you know, they, they, they won at Marshall down the stretch. They, uh, they stayed within 28 points of FAU, which almost nobody else did. Um, and then Mm -hmm. they, you know, trounced Western Kentucky and UMass to end the year. So they're, they've been kind of up or down. It's going to, this game's going to be decided when FIU has the ball. It's kind of strength versus strength, weakness versus weakness here. FIU's defense is pretty good. Um, they Alex McGow or I, th- I think it's McGow, uh, pretty good passer. Nice, uh, you know uh, Thomas Owens is probably the name you need to to know. A six one, two hundred forty pound receiver who averaged fifteen yards per catch. Um, Burley. Wow. But uh, they also, it, you know, they can't really stop anybody, and Temple can't move the ball. So we'll see what happens there. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say you should watch it. Well, all right. There's not competition. Here's my certification. Okay. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, there's no competition here, so sure. Right, but if you got other things to do, you got to go do the shop, and you got to go do the holiday event. Blah blah blah. Right. Okay. You're gonna see two coaches in two very different phases of their career putting plans in place for like a, I think a, a decent three to four year run at each place. Yeah. Right. You want to get in on the ground floor. This is pretty close to the ground floor for both these programs. This is good. This is good hipster college football. <laughs> and Butch, very good hipster Butch college Davis, football. I mean, it, you know, he's old, so I'm really curious. Yeah, but nobody's talking about him at all. Well, that's what I'm saying. Right like, now. there's a chance he just stays there. Um, oh, I think this is it for him. Yeah. I think he's. I think he's three and out. Oh, or four I and see out. what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah, he's done. Okay. I mean, surely Butch Davis at this phase is not going to be like, well, guys, I got you to eight and four. I'm going to go try and I'm going to go back to North Carolina again. Let's try that. Get in on a mid tier ACC job. No, I'd love, you know, the Lane Kiffin, Butch Davis situation. If Kiffin were to stay two more years, which I I realize probably is impossible, but then Davis also stays and recruits pretty well. uh, That could be fun. I'm I'm just like, you know, get those programs statures built up, especially with all the other Florida programs kind of restarting to a certain degree. Um, Mm -hmm. Just to kind of see just a little thought experiment. Like how, how high can you build FAU and FIU? Um, we, We might find out that answer, whatever it is. I think it's the same experiment that, you, that we talked about in a little bit of a different context with the well-positioned AAC schools being competitive with P5s. Yeah. You are a Division One football program in the state of Florida. You should be good. Full stop. <laughs> you have to do a little bit. You, you, know, you have to be respectable and rational about your facilities, and then that's about it. Yep. So yeah, they should be good. They should never be too intent. They, they should never be too intent losing to schools in 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 less talented areas. Yeah, except they mostly have been exactly that. So um, especially FIU. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on. That was an extensive Gasparilla Heck, Bowl yeah, preview. Yeah, we You're welcome. Need to pick up the pace a little bit on that. Um, Bahamas Bowl. I, the only way I can talk about Bahamas Bowl is in the context of goodwill. Um, just watch it. Just enjoy the fact that UAB not only came back from the dead, from a despicable underhanded um, 
cheap shot from Alabama's most sort of powerful uh, cabal. They're back and they're in a bowl. It's awesome. It's great. And they get to go to the Bahamas. And that just your comment. I mean, there's, I have no sell on this other than just enjoy that. That's cool. Your comment just ensured that we have at least a couple of comments in the PAP and uh, post at SB Nation from Huffy, Alabama fans. Uh, And I I, really enjoy that. uh, Let me tell you what they can do with that. Well, let me tell you what really happened. That's just not, that's just unfair to murder it. Yeah. I love it. Every time, every time. I uh, don't care full stop <laughs> i know what happened other people know what happened yeah the best thing that people like finnis st john and bryant jr can do is stay completely completely silent that's the smartest <laughs> move they can make and that's the move they're making yeah and uab I mean- got screwed for years in football by a program that should not should be worried about literally anything else <laughs> other than uab football because they're spiteful and short-sighted. And, it, and now they're back, and UAB is one of the darling teams of college football fans across the country, and they should enjoy the hell out of the Bahamas Bowl. And if you are an Alabama fan uh, that you, and you want to have kind of a jerky spin on it, at least just claim credit for their current success. Say, hey, if we hadn't killed them, uh, they wouldn't have been able to do what they did and, and go with that. At least ride that. Um, by the way, they're playing a pretty good team in Ohio, uh, at least Ohio was pretty good until uh, they beat Toledo in early November, and then they just patted themselves on the back and lost to Akron and Buffalo to start to end the season. They're one of those teams where having a bold break uh, might be a good thing. They can kind of remember who they are because they kind of you know hit some. They fell down the stairs at the end of the year, but mm-hmm. um, good, good, well-rounded team. Very efficient on offense, very aggressive on defense. Uh, UAB, meanwhile, a little more one-dimensional, a lot further ahead on defense than offense at the moment. But they still have a, a good freshman running back in Spencer Brown. They can still, um, you know, they, they can still basically let you kill yourself while they kind of step back and try to avoid mistakes. So, I mean, it really could. And it's a Bahamas Bowl. And I think, what is it, two out of three Bahamas Bowls or three out of four or whatever have been crazy. So we got that going for us. Uh, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, December 22nd, 3 p.m. Central. Kind of a weird time slot there. So much so that when I initially looked at it, I thought, oh, man, this is the day that I'm driving. It's not. Uh, this is my favorite sports team in college football, the Wyoming Cowboys against Central Michigan. Uh, it's also on the Blue Turf in Boise. Um, oh, by the way, yeah, we, we, I, I gave the check mark on watching UAB. Um, automatic check mark here for me in that <laughs> it's Boise. It's December. It might snow, and the Pokes are playing. And the Potato Bowl mascot. Here's the worst part about this whole situation. You ready? I know it's going to happen. Okay. It's a weekday, day, daytime game, which means ESPN is already going to kneel on it in terms of like how we're going to – like what kind of what kind of attention is this going to draw? And they're going to go all Josh Allen, oh God, all yes. NFL, oh the entire damn game. You know they are. Yep. And it's I'm already mad about it, and it's going to be 25 degrees and and cloudy apparently according to the Weather Channel. And uh, he and his number one no snow. Uh, no snow. It doesn't seem like, which is unfortunate. Maybe it'll be a sheet of ice like it was last year. Uh, but he Come and his, on, he and his 126th ranked passing offense. Uh, we'll get talked about the whole game, and it's going to be one of those super awkward situations. I mean, look, I hope he has a great game, honestly. Like, I'm tired of saying bad things about a guy I, I'm really I, I want to like. Central Michigan, mm-hmm. by the way, has probably one of the best pass defenses he's seen all year. That's kind of their strength. But I hope he goes out and throws for 500 yards because we're going to have to hear about it either way. Every single time he makes a pass, it just throws a pass to the sideline, an out route. We're going to hear about NFL arm strength. 
And again, I'm already mad about it. And it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. That's all. That's all I can say. I've, I've said it all already. It's extremely unfair what we've done to him. It's extremely unfair what scouts are currently doing to him. And I hope he makes a lot of money and figures it out in the pros. Potter River. <clears throat> I am driving on the 23rd and I'm going to miss a lot of good football. Yeah. These are two really good balls we're about to talk about. Yeah. Um, of the three, three that three, day. Three. No, I'm saying the, the the next two though. I'm definitely driving during this time period, oh, okay. um, and I'm gonna miss them. And I may actually have my parents DVR gotcha. both of them. Um, because again, same situation as last week. So I'm gonna do them real. Is it three today? No, it's okay. So it's three. Yes. There's three games on the 23rd on Saturday: yes. Birmingham Armed Forces and Dollar General. Birmingham is Texas Tech, South Florida. Armed Forces is Army San Diego, San Diego State, and Dollar General in prime time is App State Toledo. Yes. Why? Why? Why what? Why does this? I, I would. Um, let's just put South Florida and Texas Tech in prime time. Well, sure, but I mean, App State Toledo is kind of like your mid-major showcase game. You've got MAC champion versus Sun Belt champion, or Sun Belt co-champion, or or however uh, that works. I'm going to go against the PAPN ethos here and just say that Texas Tech South Florida is a more fun game to watch. Well, fun, yes. Um, but I, kill me. I, I don't have a problem with the order of operations here. Um, well, I do because I'm driving. Um, all right, hey guys, uh, this is not an ad. It is just an interlude to let you know that the second half of this podcast sounds like crap, and I apologize. We had about 38 different technical difficulties, uh, and just be happy that we were able to salvage audio of it at all. It sounds bad. There's clicking. Uh, the levels are weird. If nothing else, it will remind you of how this podcast used to sound before we got our act together. But as a form of apology, here's the six-year-old saying Merry Christmas in French. Now, I'm not going to complain about the order, but um, the the bottom line is that uh, Tech South Florida is good and a little contradictory in that, like, everybody, when we first saw the matchup, we all basically said the same thing, which was, oh, my God, 80 to 70. It's going to be amazing. Um, not necessarily Wyoming or excuse me, South Florida, man, I still got Wyoming on the brain. South Florida's offense is, uh, all about big plays and pretty scattershot and not very consistent. And Texas Tech's defense is a little better than before. And it's offense is a little worse than before. So this could be one of those, like, you know, just adjust your expectations instead of 80, 70, just be happy with like 38, 28, maybe, uh, and hope, and hope for the random, uh, shootout. But not sure. By the way, your boy David Gibbs got a contract extension, um, yeah, and so I thought he didn't it was have very... to go work for Herm Edwards at Arizona State. <laughs> and I thought it was funny. Like everybody, you know, he he gets the extension. Everybody talks about it, and everybody on Twitter is like, "Man, he just resurrected that defense. What a turnaround! Now they've got everything pointing in the right direction. They were 82nd in defensive S&P Plus this year." But hey, man, there's not absolutely... a one next to that. There's not a one that's, that's, next that's, to that. That's like a 40 spot improvement over last year. So I, you know, it's, it's, I can't say it's good, but it's certainly he a hell of a, be, he might be the best defensive coordinator in football. Oh, you've got coach biases and stuff. I haven't talked to David Gibbs in a year and a half. I just feel for that dude, man. Yeah. That was a tough job he took on. Holy um, crap. All right. Tell me, um, so tell me about, I know a lot about army. I know, uh, not as much about San Diego state. And I feel like San Diego state might be one of the best teams, you know, the least about in terms of the entirety of the college football collective. I think it's, well, 
it's funny because uh, they started the year six and zero, and everybody was you know like you know we don't it's uh, Rashad Penny for Heisman and they haven't missed a beat and how did anybody ever think that they were going to fall off after uh, last year and all that then they got destroyed by both Boise State and Fresno State at home, but picked up the pieces and turned into San Diego State again. Beat you know, beat Hawaii by three touchdowns, beat San Jose State, beat Nevada, beat New Mexico, basically handled their business with ten and two. Didn't didn't go to the uh, Mountain West Conference title game this year. Uh, but they had a chance to win eleven games yet again. And it's basically the San Diego State we've come to, to no, at this point, good defense, nice attacking defense that confuses you and it's unique and all that. Uh, and their offense is dreadfully in- inconsistent. They can't really pass all that well, but they can run. They can uh, rip off just enough big run plays to uh, to win the game. So um, they haven't. Let's 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 see here. The only time, no, no, no they be okay. So they beat Stanford and NIU early in the year. Since they beat NIU in one of the luckiest games of the year, from a like a turnovers perspective, they they've lost to the two good teams and they've beaten a bunch of bad teams. Mm-hmm. So really, I guess your view on this game then is is how, what do you think of Army? Um, are they good or are they not good? Um, I of course have to be antisocial and split the difference and say, yeah, they're pretty good, but um, they are. Army's prob- pretty good. I mean, how I don't. They're they're pretty good. I don't. I didn't yeah. realize that was a debate. Well, no, I mean they're pretty good. Yes, they're yeah. like top sixty good, and and uh, San Diego State technically is probably top forty good. Um, and so you know I think S and P is it's like fifty eight percent for San Diego State in this game. That feels about right to me. I would be surprised if it's a blowout either way, and I would be very disappointed if this thing lasts even an hour or three hours. Excuse me. Uh, CBS managed to stretch Army Navy out with a bunch of commercial breaks at the end uh, and, and eke past the three hour mark. But this isn't CBS, so under three hours, baby. Um, I'm gonna go obvious. I'm gonna go must watch on both. If you haven't seen Army yet, you you didn't watch Army Navy for some reason. Um, this is um, it's still fun to scare people and be like, dude, check out Army because it's like a much scarier monster than it should be, relative to the last fifteen years of football. So uh, do it for that. Um, sure. All right. And I mean, Rashad Penny's fun as hell. Like, That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's, this was a cool, and I saw this and I was like, oh, neat, fun matchup. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's all I want out of this stuff. I don't want anything more. Like, oh, yeah. all right. I could I can live with that for two hours. All right, sell me a little half. bit. Yeah, or two and a half. Sell me a little bit on App and uh, and Toledo. Toledo's awesome. That's the first sell. Um, you know they they got they uh, were hanging with Miami. I can't remember what the, when this kind of game got away from them. I think it was the third quarter. Uh, but they were hanging with Miami back when Miami was destroying everybody. Uh, and then they laid a complete and total egg and lost at Ohio. Um, otherwise. They basically are winning by every game by three touchdowns. They managed to get the NIU monkey off their back. Um, they destroyed Akron twice. They destroyed Western Michigan. Uh, they are just—they're kind of a wrecking ball, especially on offense. I saw they just signed a four-star quarterback, uh, so Jason Candle's uh, uh, doing a hell of a job there. Uh, but basically, they—they they throw and throw and throw. Logan Woodside's amazing, as good as you probably have heard he is. Uh, Deontay Johnson, their number one receiver, is great. Uh, App State, meanwhile is not going to, you know, throw more than they have to. Taylor Lamb has over 300 pass attempts this year, and I'm shocked by that. This is a little more of a pass-happy app state than before, but they still want to run the ball as much as humanly possible. They're good defensively. Um, App State's just good in a kind of boring way. They do throw a little bit more this year, but they just really, they play within themselves. They do all these boring things that win games, but we don't, you know, aren't blown away by. Mm -hmm. And, uh, 
they got over. I think the most important thing to hear is they were very, very mediocre in the middle of the year. They barely got by Idaho and Coastal. They lost to UMass and ULM. They were pretty bad. But from the end of the ULM loss, they got it back. They beat Georgia Southern. They beat Georgia State. They beat uh, Louisiana Lafayette. So they got, they got uh, Mark Hudspeth fired at the end of the year playing Louisiana Lafayette. And so I think they're kind of they're back to what they need to be. Toledo's the better team, but App State is basically designed to beat you if you make mistakes, and we'll see. Maybe they will. Okay. <coughs> I will say this. If you are a fan of a team in the P5 that you feel as if is going to make a coaching change and that – like, oh, we should go eight and four. We're going to end up five and seven Nexus. Um, right. Watch this game just to get familiar with these two guys because they will not be there next year. Yeah, Jason Candle has, has done a really nice job of, of not only kind of maintaining what Matt Campbell had going, he's exceeded it. Yeah. Um, he's doing a really nice job. Probably one of the least. Man, the Mac can do that to a candidate sometimes. You get real, real quiet and real, real local in the Mac on success sometimes, and it just doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't translate. Even, even honestly, in the minutia of a show like this, we don't pay those guys as much attention as we probably should. Christmas and Jason Eve. Kendall also, Jason Kendall also has Mount Union on his. Uh, he played for them and coached for them. Therefore, of course, he's going to be a great head coach. Christmas Eve, Hawaii Bowl. Before I say yeah. anything else, it's Christmas Eve. It's Hawaii Bowl. You have to watch it. This is how you avoid contact with loved ones. What I don't understand what else I need to say to sell you. So, Fresno State and Houston. That's good football. It's in yeah. it's in Honolulu. Everybody get drunk, have a good time, right? Enjoy yeah. yourself. Do I mean I don't yeah, really talk about the game? I mean, it's, you know, it, th- those are fun teams to watch. Have at it. And Houston, the last time they were in the Hawaii Bowl, uh, Christmas uh, of uh, two thousand three, when my parents were getting ready to move to Madison, and we we surprised them. We we weren't going to be able to make it. Then we figured out we could if we drove and got there late. We got there late to spend like a single evening with my parents, uh, watch this game on TV after everybody had gone to bed, watch the brawl, watch the overtime game, probably my favorite Hawaii bowl of all time. So if nothing else, if this game stinks, I'm flipping that game up on YouTube and I'm watching it instead. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Heart of Dallas Bowl, the 26th, Utah, West Virginia. We jump ahead after Christmas Day, obviously. Yeah, so – the, the schedule just like I, I guess it does this every year. I just it seemed a lot more stark this year. Basically, it, we, there are two major conference teams that play before Christmas, and there's something like two or three G5 teams that play after Christmas. It's almost like a, just a flip of the switch after Christmas, and now we're to all the P5 bowls. Pretty much for the most part. Um, one twenty Eastern kickoff on <laughs> December twenty sixth. That's prime present returning time, I guess. Yeah. I don't mean to, I don't. Uh, um, I definitely won't see this. I'll be, I'll be doing something. No, you know what? It's the day after. I may be lounging around. I think I'm at my in-laws at this point. Um, I'm not really sold on this game. No. <gasps> it's the first one. It's the first one you haven't tried to defend. Yeah. Okay, all right, all right. No, let's go with this. Let's go with this. Okay. Captain, watch everything. Tell me why you're not interested in this game. Well, first of all, since like if you remember me back in like September or October saying Utah's kind of fun. Utah's a lot more interesting than normal with the way they play. They have a lot more – no, that, that basically ended the moment I said that. Um, now, Tyler Huntley, their quarterback, is probable – for Saturday's game. So there is that. Uh, he and Troy Williams kind of alternated uh, a little bit. And, uh, you know, it, it was kind of hard for me to, like from a stat perspective, to distinguish between them. Uh, Huntley 
yeah, no, I think they're, 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 they, they basically played like the same quarterback, but then the other, the other problem here is Will Greer is doubtful. Uh, he's returning next season and that's great, but yeah. Dustin Crawford, West Virginia isn't playing. Uh, Will Greer might not play. So that's a hard sell at that point. You're not going to really bad. see, you're not going to really see the West Virginia that we saw at times this year. Cause Will Greer, like I, I talked in the preseason about like my doubts about him. I wasn't, I felt we were kind of getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. Like we were using one game at Florida and his four star rating to assume he was going to be awesome. Uh, he had a couple less than awesome games, but he's fun as hell. And I mean, he, he's throwing off his back foot for no reason. He's, he's making all kinds of crazy passes. He's throwing to the dude who committed to USC at like age six, who, who went from that. I'm talking about David Sills to uh, being a, a receiver good enough to have to tell everybody he's not going pro this year. Um, but I mean, he's playing, I guess, but uh, otherwise it's just, we're not getting a full West Virginia and Utah wasn't nearly as good down the stretch as they, I thought they were going to be based on how I saw them playing early on. Well, I mean, I'm definitely not challenging you on this. So, um, yeah, weird time of day. <laughs> the problem is this is the one I'll end up watching. I'll actually have access to a television. There won't be something going on. I'll end up having to watch this one. I just know it. And, um, I mean, it's not the end of the world. It's still college football. It's just not, insp- it's not a high motivation game here, especially at the heart of Dallas bowl. Yeah. All right. So let's move on quickly to the quick lane bowl. I really didn't mean to do that. Yep. And I apologize. Duke and Northern <laughs> Illinois. Um, this is a five fifteen Eastern. So, okay. This is the game they expect you to watch right afterwards. Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I respect David Cutcliffe immensely and he helped me early in my career. Um, I don't know if I have to watch this though. Well, I mean, it's it's a free country. I I I will. Number one, Northern Illinois' defense is actually very, 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 very good. Um, strangely good, and and in kind of an aggressive, we're going to get Why you, or you're going to get us kind of style. Well, strangely, because it's Northern Illinois, and they're 13th in defensive S and P plus, and that doesn't really calculate. That doesn't compute. <laughs> uh, that's not something we're really used to seeing. Uh, but they have put together a really, really nice defense this year um, and, and with only a couple of seniors, really. So they, they might be kind of an interesting team to watch next year. Mm-hmm. But um, Duke, it kind of just depends on whether the Duke of the end of the year came. Duke, this is one of my favorite stories of the year. Um, and I, I tweeted about this. when They beat Georgia Tech on November 18th. They, beat, they dumped them, really. Uh, and after the game, they were asked, like, what was your approach to defending the option? And basically, like they, they never run enough. They, they always kind of fall in love. It's cut clip. They all kind of, you know, they fall in love with the pass to a certain degree. But in this game, they're like, you know, I bet if we outrush Georgia Tech, we'll probably win. Uh, and they just they, they made a concerted effort to run and run and run and run and run. Uh, like Britain, like Britton Brown had 16 carries for 127. Daniel Jones had 16 for 94. Sean Wilson had 11 for 73. Uh, they outrushed Georgia Tech and won because of it. And uh, that saved their season. And they had just lost a close a series of close games by seven to Virginia, by seven to Florida State, by seven to Pitt, by five at Army. Uh, they were four and six. They had to beat Georgia Tech and Wake Forest to uh, salvage a bowl bid. So they went out and thumped Georgia Tech by running the ball, and then they came back and beat Wake Forest at the end. Uh, so they really they finished the really really nicely. It's just kind of hard to tell. Like, is that the real Duke now, or or what? Because it was a two game sample. But uh, there are more there are more interesting things in this game to watch than the the words Duke. Northern Illinois probably lead you to believe. Mm. <laughs> I'm not buying it. Ah. Sorry. And guess what? I'm having a tough time with the, with the nightcap. 
Um, so, uh, yeah. new coach situation. Is Chip coaching this one? No, um, future Missouri offensive coordinator Jed Fish is. Oh, well, then you've got a reason to watch. UCLA, yeah. Kansas State, Cactus Bowl, ESPN, 9 p.m. Central. Get your drink on. Um, sorry, I just said that. Um, <laughs> this is the worst day of the bowl schedule by far. Yeah. People who complain I, I, about if – if you complain about the G5 stuff on December 15th, dude, like this is a bad day. Yeah, this is not nearly as fun as last Saturday was. No, not even close. Uh, uh, let's see. I, I'm yeah, come, try, no, no, just... no. Come on, human encyclopedia. Come on, robot. So here's my sales job. Um, as far as I know, Josh Rosen is playing. So apply the Josh Allen rules. I know what we're going to be talking about. Um, and – Really, as a Missouri fan trying to get to know what Jed Fish did at UCLA, because it does seem like he's the front runner for the job for the uh, right. Missouri OC job, he did a really interesting job this year. I hadn't seen them over the like once Rosen got hurt. I didn't see them for a while. I saw part of, I believe, uh, Washington maybe midseason, um, but early in the year they basically were running a, like a Harbaugh spread. They're really good in short yardage rushing, rushing. Otherwise, throw the ball. Um, I like a smashy, smashy spread. I like a smashy spread. But they, um, they, I mean, they they improved all the way to 16th offense in, in offensive S and P plus. They were dreadful last year, and honestly, part of that was Rosen's injury. But um, they went from almost dead last in rushing to a solid 61st uh, in one year, which, I mean, they should have never been uh, as bad as they were the year before. But he did a really nice job. Uh, you get to see Josh Rosen one more time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and as far as Kansas State goes, I mean, it's comfort. Look, Bill Snyder, uh, once again this morning, said something to the effect of, you know, my return in 2018 has not been decided yet, which good luck recruiting to that. But... Um, the, you know, this is uh, still a Bill Snyder team. It might technically be the last time you get to watch it. And uh, you've got Jesse Ertz running a whole bunch at quarterback and Alex Delton running a whole bunch, whoever their quarterback is for this game. I don't even know if they have an injury or whatever. Let's see here. Uh, Alex Delton is questionable. Jesse Ertz. Oh, that's right. Jesse Ertz got hurt late in the year. So it's probably Delton. Uh, but they're going to run the zone read or, and quarterback keepers 38 times, and it's going to work. And you're, if you're a UCLA fan, you're going to watch – you're just going to be yelling at the screen like, you know what they're going to run. How are you not stopping it? But it's Kansas State, and you can't. Um, but, uh, th- I mean, that's my pitch. you got Bill Snyder and Josh Rosen, and, and there are worse things in the world than that. Nope. 0-3. Uh, I'm, I'm going to movies that day. Last time for Bill Snyder, maybe. Until it no, isn't. it's not. Um, it's not. Here. Do you want to be wrong? Do you no, want to get Gus wrong on this one? Let's get out of this argument and go straight into a much better game. <laughs> you ready? <laughs> and let's go to Shreveport to fix all our issues. Um, I may be in. <laughs> I may be in Monroe. I'm tempted. I'm tempted, Bill. Oh, really? I'm tempted. Florida State and okay. Southern Miss, the Independence Bowl, twelve thirty. Oh. Uh, Jay Hobson, I like what he's done with that program a lot. Florida State, transition. They don't care. Weird things could happen. So I, this is Odell Haggins coaching Florida State, I believe, if I remember right. Yes. Um, I think Willie will be there, but I don't think Willie's going to do, Willie will be there, but I don't think Willie's going to be, um, uh, coaching. 
I don't think he needs to be associated with this game myself. Oh, I'm down. So that's dude. perfect. I think Southern Miss could do something like that would carry. A, that would be huge for Southern Miss if they. I don't care what condition Florida State's in. If they win that game, it would be massive. And I, I mean, this is really like my numbers. Like they fell in love with Southern Miss early in the year. Um, fell out. You know, they they weren't quite as good late in the year. They yeah. lost to UAB. Uh, they really they they blew a f- uh, few too many chances against Tennessee. They barely got by Rice. They weren't as good at the end of the year. Uh, meanwhile, Florida State got much, 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 much better down the stretch. Allegedly. Um, you know, Allegedly, um, you know, trounced Florida, trounced uh, ULM. They actually looked like Florida State is sp- sort of supposed to look, but really, I mean, let's face it, this game is is it does Florida State show up? Because Southern Miss is going to show up. I'd be surprised if they don't play a, a pretty high level ball game for them. But you know, we heard stories about like guys kind of mailing it in halfway through the season at Florida State. So are they going to? I mean, and they're in Shreveport of all places. Right. Like, I mean, are they going to show? Are they going to have any sort of discipline? Or are they going to just show up? And as soon as they get, you know, I feel like I'm falling into cliche land. You're, here, you're asking get... questions that that are that assume that people care about a quality football game. I just think this could be a weird, fun thing. But that kind of if Florida State doesn't show up, it's kind of hard for that to be fun too. It's just going to be kind of gross. Like, like if Southern you know, Miss, Southern, if Southern Miss awesome. just drags them. Right, and they're they're going deep, and Florida State's like, man, why are we still on the field? Then that stops being fun. After I'm kind of I'm kind of down for that weirdness. I'm not gonna lie, but yeah, we'll see. Like, if I, I hope Florida State just shows up enough, like doesn't lay a total egg, um, and I think if they do that, they'll probably win. But there's no question, Southern Miss gonna show up. I mean, they. And again, if this game stinks, then pull up YouTube and watch the Brett Favre game where he throws a touchdown pass in the last minute because that game was definitely fun. Yeah. Um. All right. I'm going to, yeah, I'm stamping that one. Even with weird, wounded, crazy Florida State. Still better than K-State UCLA. Let's go to the Bronx, the home of college football for Boston College in Iowa. I'm not going to watch this. Here's where I remind you that Iowa's offense torched Ohio State like nobody else in the country did. And Boston College's offense in three weeks, in the last six games of the season, scored at least 35 points five times. This is not necessarily the uh, Iowa-Boston College game that the stereotype would suggest. Go on. Well, that's really all I had. I just laid out my cards. Um, Iowa, <clears throat> Iowa still, Iowa still ranks 102nd in offensive S&P Plus, but ignore that. Um, when they find a rhythm, <clears throat> 55 points against Ohio, 56 against Nebraska, 45 against Illinois. Uh, they, they were dramatically all or nothing. But meanwhile, Boston College was mostly all down the stretch. Um, but let us not forget that they, in a three-week span, they won at Louisville, at Virginia, and then beat Florida State at home by 32 points. At, at which point, Texas State said, man, I've got to have that guy. Um, oh, Lord. You're really going to try and talk me into this. Yes. They, 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 it's, it's funny because they were so hor- horrifically bad the first half of the year that they're still only 95th in offensive S&P Plus. But seriously, 45, 41, 35 uh, skips NC State game. 39 against UConn, 42 against Syracuse. Uh, they can run the hell out of the ball. And uh, Iowa can stop the hell out of the run. And so, you know, something's got to give. Nope. Ah. And it's Yankee Stadium. That that actually, it's a lot cooler for football than it is for baseball. Bill, I'm just going to pretend you didn't say that. Foster Farms Bowl. I'm back on board. 
Hold on, I'm checking to see if it's going to snow in the Bronx. That's my last ditch effort here. It's not going to snow in the Foster Farms Bowl. Um, chance of precipitation and high of 27. So hopefully it snows. It's got to snow like a foot. Please let but it happen. How would you even tell? It's Iowa and Boston College. They're going to play like they're. I, those two teams play like there's a foot of snow on the ground all the time. Sure. And then uh, Iowa will randomly start throwing to their tight ends and fullbacks every play, and that's pretty fun. Foster Farms Bowl. Way, way, way better watchable game. 730 Central on Fox. Arizona and Purdue. Sexy. Yes. This uh, is what, so we one need of my favorite up. games. Of- do I need to wrap up the Richard Apology Tour, or do I, do I mention it every week? Do I have to mention it this offseason? How does this work? I don't think you need to. There's no apology here because we weren't saying, yeah, he stinks. He's gone. We were just acknowledging the obvious, which was, yeah, he might not be around much longer. I feel like Rich uh, and was then acknowledging he... the obvious at one point. Right. And, I mean, by the way, they also stunk down the stretch. So it'll help if he can still kind of finish with a, yeah. on a high note here because they were, uh, what, six and two and they finished seven and five. Right. But. Um, but regardless, they're fun as hell on offense. Khalil Tate, uh, yeah, the all, I, I mean, this one's pretty easy to sell. You've got Khalil Tate on one side, and you've got um, – I'm not going to pretend like Purdue is loaded with offensive star power, but you've got a good defense and one of the most tactically astute offense coaches in the country uh, who will figure out some things to do against Arizona's defense. Uh, that seems like a pretty easy sell to me. Even though, even though we're talking about the words Arizona and Purdue getting mashed together in football – this is a pretty easy sell. No, I think it's a great sell. It's the best game I've seen in a couple games here. Um, I'm down. This, this, okay. is, this is a hundo combined. I'm pissed, though. because Last possession wins. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm mad because this game is awesome, and it is going to be on almost exactly when I'm watching a different game. What game? Well, go to your next one on the list. Oh. Dun, 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 dun. Um, I still don't understand why they, why they do this. I know Fox, he asked me, whatever. I know. The Texas Bowl, uh, the most, one of the most historic, historic programs in college football and Texas. Texas. Um, boom. Boom. Take it away. <laughs> I mean, Drew Lock's going to go deep a lot. What else do you want to know? I mean, I mean how, I, it, how weird a year have you had? It's been a little weird. Um, it's been a weird not year for Texas, lie. too. I'm not going to lie. Got a whole yeah, Big 12 joke, matchup going, right? Right. I, I um I, I think I made this joke before you came back, but my joke is that we'll learn if Missouri's a good team by whether Texas shows up or not. Uh if Texas wins, that means Missouri was pretty good because Texas only plays well against good teams. Otherwise they, you know, lose to Maryland and uh lose to Texas Tech and uh whatnot. But they uh, had a very, very weird year, which is what happens when you've got a pretty good defense. They their defense was very good after the Maryland game, whatever the hell happened there. And their offense just looked like an offense that had no run game and was led by a freshman and a sophomore bouncing back and forth at quarterback. I mean, they they didn't get very far on that side of the ball. Is that it? Drew Locke's going to go deep a lot. Why are you being so hesitant? No, I'm not. I, that's, I, I feel that's all I need to say. Missouri was Missouri's offense kind of speaks for itself, uh, you know, the way they played the last six games of the year. Uh, their point totals over the last six games, 68, 52, 45, 50, 45, and 48. Meanwhile, they also decided to give up 45 points to Arkansas as well. Yeah. So they might, they might drag Texas into a shootout. Obviously, I have no idea what the impact of losing Josh Heupel will be in terms of play calling. Um 
And and really, I think a lot of Missouri fans, as excited as they are for this game, they're most they're also interested in what's going to happen after the game when Drew Lock talks about whether he's going to stay uh, or, or go pro. I absolutely believe he probably needs to stay for another year uh, just to you know take that decision making a little step further. Plus, I mean, I, I assume if Barry Odom's trying to bring in the guy who just coached Joe, Josh Rosen, uh, there the, you know the, that that might be a little bit of a, a tie to to get him to stay. I think he'll stay. But, uh, you know, Missouri right now, with the way they played the last half of the year, if they go out and they beat Texas and Drew Locke comes back, they, they'll be borderline top 25 in the preseason next year. People will overreact to, you know, and put them there. But they, they were a legitimately good team the last half of the year. Barry Odom, only, only coach who, that I can ever remember where I had normal, rational, semi-respectable people I know in the media in the same season go from, like, yeah, he's fired to he should be conference coach of the year. Yeah, I – I am a, I'm obviously a Missouri fan, and I thought that was uh, ridiculous to consider him coach of the year because it acts like he had no control over the first half of the year when a lot of the problems right. from the first half of the year were his fault uh, to some degree. Uh, I mean, the, the job he did over the last half of the year was awesome, but, yeah, let's go ahead and uh, avoid the coach of the year talk because that, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Man, nobody's talking about Tom Herman right now. It's so uh, weird. We couldn't talk about him enough last year, and it's just like, yeah, Texas is there. Uh, yeah, they – yeah, they they got half of the the, the or one side of the ball right, and uh, I still can't really worry about the other side because I mean they you know freshman quarterback, sophomore and freshman receivers, uh, just a long way to go there. I obviously I didn't love the Tim Beck hire when he made it, right? But it's one of those things with Tim Beck where like everybody thinks he's a terrible coach, but Tom Herman's a good coach and keep and liked him enough to hire him, so there's something there. <laughs> But, um, yeah, that was whatever. I, I think they'll improve next year, and I think they're going to be uh, fine overall. It's just weird that it's, you know, everything's so, like, muted with them. Like, oh, it's fine. He's going to do great. He really needs to have a weird, like, almost spectacularly splashy recruiting season to get some of that mojo back. <laughs> Got to be covered the crap out of him. Military Bowl, Virginia, Navy, December 28th, right around lunch. ESPN. <laughs> Navy's really good at lunchtime viewing, I must say. They're, they're, they're kind of a, a nice Quick, afternoon. efficient. You chew your food well. You know, you will nap afterwards. Right. It's not a nighttime marquee game. It's going to be fun, pleasant uh, afternoon football. So, yes, uh, that's that's really – I think that's What's my the, entire um... self. Virginia – Virginia's good defensively. They're basically like if I told you that they rebounded from whatever they were last year, three and nine or so to yeah. six and six uh, in his second year, you'd probably say, well, the defense probably took a couple steps forward. He's a good defensive coach, and you'd be right. Um, their offense was, we'll say, mostly bad. They were strangely awesome against Boise State. They were awesome against Georgia Tech. They kind of they, you know got caught in a little shootout in that one, and that was great. Uh, otherwise, they were fine. But they're pretty good defensively, um, and none of this matters because pretty good defensively has nothing to do with how you uh, defend the option. Last time they defended the option, they gave up 36 points to Georgia Tech. And by the way, that means Navy has film on what they're going to try to do. Always have to, you know, throw that in there. Hang on, I wasn't paying attention. Uh, Texas, Missouri is a watchable, but is it as watchable as Arizona Purdue? I don't know. I respect the the opinions of anybody who says Arizona Purdue is more fun. I will be watching the other game and DVR in Arizona. It's fun Purdue. to flip though. You don't get to flip, yeah. right? I mean, regular season's over, so yeah. Fox Just isn't quite CBS it. in terms of commercials, but you're still yeah. going to have many flipping opportunities. All right, I'm going to pass on Virginia Navy, and I'm going to go straight to the Camping World Bowl. I like oh, this yeah. game a lot. Um, number 22 Virginia Tech, number 19 Oklahoma State's our first ranked on ranked bowl. 
December 28th. That's how long it took us to get to a ranked on ranked bowl. Uh, Mid afternoon, 4:15 Central. Uh, Camping World Stadium. Camping World Bowl. I would not have been able to tell you that's what that stadium was called. Now I got the press release because I know the publicist. Um, I mean, I'm looking at it right now, but if you just asked me, I'd had no idea. Shouts out to my boy Rep Check. Um, this is a good football game with good football teams. What a nice yeah! It's game. funny. I um, I you know I, I chose to try to do an Oklahoma State piece uh, on Gundy earlier this year because they were one of my favorite teams to watch and talk about. Um, they, I guess this really isn't funny. They kind of, I don't want to say they blew it this year, but that Kansas state loss that kept them, that knocked them from whatever, having a chance at a really nice bowl to the Campion world bowl um, and really kind of relegated them from, you know, the most they can do now is 10 wins. Yeah, man, this was a missed opportunity here. Yeah. I mean, Mason Rudolph's a senior James Washington, and Marcel Aitman are seniors. Um, if I remember correctly, yeah. Three senior, uh, leading tacklers. Like they're, they're losing a lot of star power after this year. And, and I mean, I'm not going to worry about them. That means, you know, maybe they'll only, you know, win eight games next year or whatever, but this was a year where everything was supposed to come together and it looked like it was for a while and it just didn't They you know, losing the, Losing the TCU game because of injury is one thing. And then, you know, they had a chance to win a bedlam late against Oklahoma and couldn't quite get it done. And then the K-State game was just a big disappointment. That didn't sell the ball game at all. They still no, were like, I was going to say, like, could you say something? Um, wow. Uh, VTech, good. Uh, uh, dude, you just killed me. And- I mean, OSU, OSU is still top five offense. They're still good. They're, they score 40 points every yeah, game. Yeah. It's great. And going against Bob Foster, that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm just, okay. I, I was realizing just how many seniors they had. I'm like, man, this were, they were supposed to do better than that this year. How come no one gets mad at Gundy quite the same way outside of the fan base? I was he about did. to say, the fan base did. There were a couple, like, when he got his con- latest contract extension, everyone was like, oh, lose Kansas State, and congrats on that. You can't, can't, get, can't lose that guy, you know. They were right. starting to go down that road a little bit. Uh, uh-huh. That's just fans. I mean, because he's good. Uh, because 9-3 and three at Oklahoma State's a disappointment. That's why he's awesome, you know. Okay. All right. Uh, Virginia, Virginia Tech, in progress. Everything yeah. seems to be on schedule. Kind of hard to say anything bad about him right now. Yeah, defense. Well, I can say some bad things about their offense, um, but we kind of knew that was going to be the case this year. They, they lost their quarterback uh, unexpectedly. They, they lost their quarterback. They uh, had to hit the reset button a little bit. Cam Phillips is still awesome and a whole lot of fun, but Josh Jackson has very much looked like a uh, freshman quarterback, a redshirt freshman, whatever. Um, just in that, you know, sometimes it all comes together, and then on third and eight, they're like, "Yeah, we're just going to set up for the punt because we don't want to, you know, risk anything." And they mm-hmm. have the defense that they can get away with doing that. Highly watchable yes, Bud, game. Bud Foster, Bud Foster against Mason Rudolph and and uh, James Washington. That's that's that sells it right there. Gonna go with Okie State, definitely, and uh, definitely a watchable game. Um, Alamo Bowl. Is this a yeah. Rose Bowl rematch? Yeah. Or was I thinking no. of TCU Wisconsin? Didn't Stanford play TCU in a bowl? Oh, sorry. I was, sorry. First of all, I was looking at the Holiday Bowl. I'm like, no, Washington State, Michigan State didn't play in the Rose Bowl. Uh, Stanford, TCU played Wisconsin. Yeah, it was the Wisconsin year. That's what. I, okay, I got lost. Um, Stanford, TCU, um, highly watchable, ranked teams. Um, meet Bryce Love because you probably hadn't watched him this year. <laughs> Seriously, what other game than Notre Dame will have will this will be probably the most watched game that they've had? Oh well, no, the USC because they were in prime time this year. Um, why do I struggle? So what, 
why do we have this bad habit with Stanford where we scream about how people should watch him, and then when it comes to like highlighting things, it's hard to say anything. Well, it's just they're one of those teams that it, uh, that it's almost fair to typecast. They're going to have an awesome running back. They're going to throw to tight ends. They're going to play sound defense. What are they this year? They're well, this year not quite a sound um, kind of bend don't breakish this year, but um, they just they 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 have their style and they recruit to it and they and and so they always even even if they're a little better or worse than normal, they all look like Stanford, and so therefore. It's hard to figure out what to say about them. But yes, this game will basically be determined by does Bryce Love get one big run or like four big runs? Because TCU is is the most efficient run defense in the country. But on those successful plays, those rare opportunities you get, you're going to go a long way. Um, so it's basically just can they completely contain Bryce Love? Do they give up one 40-yarder? Do they give up a 40-yarder and a 50-yarder? Um, that'll probably end up determining this. All right. Good enough for me. Check. Holiday Bowl. Yes. Not a Rose Bowl rematch. Not a Rose Bowl. It would be a cool Rose Bowl, though. Uh, Michigan State, Washington State. I. Do we do we have to apologize to Michigan State now? No. No. Okay. Never. We were cool about it. Um, they beat Michigan. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a, it's a fun thing that they seem to do just about every year. Um, they kept Penn State out of any sort of major um, uh, national title conversation. Oh man, talk about a loss that hurts. That 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 may be that may be worse in the long run than the uh, the K State Oklahoma State game. Whew. Yeah, that was a they were set up for a playoff yep. run at Penn State. Yep, and they were and they were awesome. Like 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 we said a few times on this podcast, they're one of the few teams this year that doesn't didn't have a, an egg laying game. They lost uh, in uh, you know by one point at Ohio State, and then they turned around, kind of had the game under control to a certain degree, uh, and then just kind of stumbled in the rain and cold in East Lansing in the fourth quarter and lost uh, again via last minute field goal, and and that was it. That's um. Four points is is what separated them. They they did just about everything right in managing the season, and they lost by four points. Mm-hmm. Um, Wazoo still Wazoo. Wazoo has this uh, strange, remarkable ability uh, to play in crappy bowl games. Sun Bowl so, was fun, man. It was it was it was fun because of snow. It wasn't fun because of Washington State. <laughs> It was fun because you were watching Miami play it. Weren't they in white jerseys? Yeah, that was uh, fun. In the snow. That was, that's great, but it had nothing to do with them. It was 2014 against Miami. It was 17-12 in a ghastly uh, holiday bowl last year against Minnesota. Yeah. Um, Ooh, I underselling. I'm underselling the Colorado State game from a few years ago where they in the New Mexico Bowl where it was back and forth and back and forth, and they blew it in the last minute. That, that game was fun as hell. Um but their last two bowl games have been snow aside, not very fun. And so really we're, we're kind of relying on any leftover mojo from Michigan state's uh, win against Baylor that one year to make this a fun game, I think. All right. So what are we, what are you predicting here? Is it going to be, I mean, how does Michigan state respond to a team like this? Well, and here's the other question. How does Washington state respond to almost losing their coach a couple weeks ago? Oh, I don't think they care. <laughs> <laughs> okay, granted, if you if you sign to play for Mike Leach, you kind of know what's up. Uh, yeah, this is not this is not any other situation. <laughs> this is not Tom Herman. This is not literally any other situation on the board. Okay, I think there's like, yeah, fair. he probably would do that. Like, all right, let's go play football. <laughs> okay, that's fair. I, I I will 
accept that answer. Um, I, I feel like Michigan State has a little more to prove here, and they'll probably, they're more likely to play well, I think. Okay. All right. Um, I disagree. I'm going to take, uh, take Wazoo in a shocker. How's that? Wow. Okay. Shocker. I, we haven't been making predictions, and I suddenly decided I wanted to. Um, Seriously. Bilk Bowl, last one. You ready? <laughs> I still don't completely know why we're doing this uh, since it's a Friday game. and the only Because Friday it's the placeholder. Because if we say Belk Bowl enough times, we'll remember to pick up on the Belk Bowl when we come back for the other podcast. Okay. So we don't I just any... have a lot of things to say about Wake Forest, so Dude, I might just we, pick up. You and... can just do it next time. I'm just going to say Belk Bowl, Belk Bowl. Then we know we know mentally where, that, where we left off. I feel like that's a lot easier than Frisco Bowl, which is where we did last time. <laughs> okay. We'll go with it. All right. Um, so we can preview it next time or not. It's totally, entirely up to you. Okay. Um, I, I will just go ahead and, and, and mention that everything that I said about Florida State is kind of true of Texas A&M as well. In that so? uh, if they show up, hey, you know, maybe that's a kind of an interesting game, but they might not. And it's hard to say what's going to happen there. Wake Forest, Wake Forest will probably show up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, without a doubt. Um, I'm trying to think this has like this. It doesn't have the same allure and flavor as like beating Florida State if you're Southern Miss. It's not quite the same thing. Well, yeah, no. Wake, Wake's an ACC team and they, uh, you know, they beat Louisville this year. They beat NC State this year. So this yeah. isn't necessarily anything new to them, but um, I, they, I, yeah, they just have more to play for. And the other factor going on here is that all these guys, there, there are some, uh, quite a few guys here that um, uh, Dave Clawson, when he first got there, he went on an extreme youth movement. Um, and um, they were just miserable back in what, what was that, 2014. Uh, and I'm basically talking mostly about John Wolford, the quarterback here. Um, the, you know, he just he, he got hammered and hammered and hammered and, and was terrible and had nothing, nobody to throw to and all this. Uh, but they broke through last year and they and now it's his final game. He he has a chance to hit 3000 yards passing. They actually have a legitimately awesome passing game. Uh, he's you know completing 64 percent of his throws, 25 to 60 in interception rate. Like he's he's had a legitimately awesome year, and uh, this is his last game. So you figure, you know, the, the that alone is a reason to show up and and uh, play a pretty good game. And AM, yeah, I mean their their pass defense is fine. Uh, their defense as a whole is fine. Uh, their offense, other than being led by a freshman, is pretty much okay. It's just we have no idea if they're going to show up or not. Okay. All right, Bill. I feel like we sailed those waters pretty pretty amicably, you know. It, December twenty six is really really bad to review. Just avoid that, unless you're like Bill and you've got to scout UCLA's offense. <laughs> I'm sorry, it just sounds terrible. You don't um, want to be wrong about Bill Snyder. You don't want to say, "Nah, we got him another ten years, and then this is his last game, and you didn't watch it." It's a bowl game. It's not a real game anyway. Um, wow, I'm so off character today. The twenty eighth, uh, by far the best. Um. Trying to think, what's the game of this that you're looking forward to the most, other than Texas Missouri? Oh yeah, uh, the game that's on at the same time. I I really excited. Just yeah, as too. a football fan, you know, just in terms of aesthetics, I'm I'm really excited to see Arizona Purdue. It's going to be a fun game. Just to, I mean, all joking aside about the whole like avoid talking to relatives or loved ones, like 
it's a couple of days after Christmas. If you're like me, you'll probably still be on the road visiting people. You're kind of holidayed out, you know, but you open a beer or drink or whatever, and it's it's going to be a fun game to have on and pay like 65% attention to, but it's also a fun game to have on and pay total attention to. You know, the the way those two offenses will, will complement each other in scoring drives, this is sort of like – this is the heart of bowl season to me. It's like arbitrary yeah. matchup for no reason – Okay, so let's make it about the entertainment value. Yeah, and that's and that's no, I'm, yeah. Foster Farms Bowl. There you go. You're our winner. And and then yeah, December 28th as a whole is quite good. Um, I, I I don't think Washington State, Michigan State will be very fun, but Stanford, TCU, and Virginia Tech, OSU, and I mean Virginia Navy. I'll throw that in there too. Um, solid watching there. Stanford TCU is actually like probably the hardest game to predict out of all these. Man, I guess I, I need feel to like I guess I need to watch the Alamo Bowl and just like take notes of things I should talk about to follow up my snotty journalism, everyone should watch Stanford comments since I don't really have any. <laughs> Bryce Love. There, there you go. All right, Bill. We're going to yep. pause. You're not going to hear us again for a couple days, but we're going to pause, then we're going to come back. We're going to record our interim holiday edition. That's a terrible name. Okay. Is, it, is that? Can we do any better than that? No. Okay. Year in. Year in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is the hashtag PAPN17 questions you guys have been asking. Um, it'll be a little complimentary sorbet between actual bowl podcasts. The next time you get us in full, we will be back to go every to go from from Belk to the semis. So the good football, um, the good good football. 